Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast with Dr. Karen Kambule, where we search the scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Download to this episode, share it with your friends and family, stay blessed, and remember to make the Word of God your anchor. Thank you for tuning in to Word Anchor Podcast. Today's topic is Do not compromise. Hold fast to the blessing of God. The table of negotiation is not an easy one. It is a place where if you are not focused on the vision ahead and the plan and the mandate of your corner, you may easily jump to the other side. If you do not know your story and you're not grounded in your conviction, you may fall away easily and even justify it. You may easily say like Adam, the woman you gave me when you reply to God, simply because you are now called to account why you have crossed the line. There are times where you go to the negotiation tables with options. You may engage to a certain point and never cross the line. There are times when the mandate is to present your side and nothing else. You actually go there with a take it all kind of mandate. The life of a believer is in having a relationship with God, submitting to his authority, carrying his mandate. He may allow you certain privileges, but the core principles are not negotiable. Some Christians today may find all sorts of reasons to validate their decisions that are not in line with the word of God. At times, they may even use scriptures to justify their own actions. One of the scriptures that people love to hold up in the face of sin is the scripture that says, Judge not. That is the person who has already compromised on the kingdom principles and wants to find a way of being comfortable in their own sin. Enjoying life is now at times equated with immorality. Finding a reason to act in an immoral way and giving the words, I'm enjoying my life. Sometimes grace is used to accommodate sin. Sometimes circumstances are used to justify sin. Compromising on the word of God simply because you have an issue that is uh, troubling you. Instead of acknowledging that I have sinned and presenting yourself to the mercy seat of God, you may want to downplay your sin and make it acceptable. God does not tolerate compromise. He deals better with someone who acknowledges they are wrong and asks for forgiveness than the one who wants to drag God into their own side to accommodate their own shift from God. You cannot drag God into your mess. You need to get out of it and step into the side of God. When God gives an instruction, a very clear one, he means you must put that on the table and not shift an inch from it to the other side. Because you see, God has a great plan for your life. God has a better vision for your life. One of the greatest one-mandate negotiations is recorded earlier in the Bible. It is the mandate given to Moses to go and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. You'd remember that God called Abraham out of his people and promised him land and nations. In one of the encounters with Abraham, God told him, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years, and also the nation whom they serve I will charge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 to 14. Now, you can see that God, having promised Abraham that he would have a son and that God would make him a father of many nations, God still said to Abraham, this very people that I'm promising you, this very nation that I'm promising you, is going to end up in a foreign land. 
and they will be enslaved. They will be afflicted. God even gave him the number of years wherein they will be in that foreign land. God said 400 years. Now Jacob went down to Egypt because of the famine that was prevalent in their time. And they stayed there, Joseph being a ruler in that land. And Joseph died. Jacob had already died earlier. And all the brothers, they all died in Egypt. And the nation that was now the people of Israel remained in Egypt. They grew in number. And the Pharaoh began to be afraid of them and then started afflicting them. The word of God was fulfilled that they will be in a foreign land and that the people in that foreign land will afflict them 400 years. They stayed there more than 400 years. But note that God said they will come out of that foreign land, but they will not just come out of it, but they will come out with great possessions. So you can see that there is a mandate that comes that one, come out of Egypt, two, with great possessions. God had already told Abraham that they will come out, but they will come out with great possessions. And if you are given that mandate that says, go and get those people and they must not come out empty handed. If you go to that negotiation table with a compromising mind, you'll end up coming out with nothing out of that land that God had told you that when you come out of it, you must come out with great possessions. They were going to be slaves. It was not negotiable. But that they will come out, it was also not negotiable. But also that they will come out with great possessions, it was also not negotiable. The time came for the fulfillment of this word. And God raised up Moses, the deliverer. And the mandate that God gave to Moses was, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. So Moses' mandate was, Deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Get them out of that land. Take them to the land flowing with milk and honey. But then he says to Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 to 11, the shortened version of it. Now Moses had that mandate. These people must come out. God had already promised Abraham that they will go to a foreign land, but they will come out of it with great possessions. The time for them to come out of Egypt had come and God raised up Moses for that time and for that mandate. Now, the negotiation took the form of 10 plagues that followed the refusal of Pharaoh every time Moses brought the instruction of God, let my people go. Even today, God is still saying the same message to those who are still hung up on the world and its treasures and pleasures. Let my people go. Come out of the life of sin. Come out of the life of bondage. Come out of the life of bondage which leads to eternal damnation. But then he's saying to you also, come out, you are blessed. Come into the blessing of God. Moses had to go and talk to Pharaoh. Well, actually give an instruction to Pharaoh. Imagine Moses was raised in Egypt. He was raised as the um, son of Pharaoh's daughter. And he had to now go to the Pharaoh that was in charge and demand that their slave, the people that were working and tilling the land, they were supposed to get out. They were supposed to leave that land. In other words, he was going to take all the workforce of Egypt 
and leave those people with nothing. It was not going to be an easy negotiation. God did not say that go and take a portion of the people. He said all of them, they must go out of Egypt. It is time that they leave. Now, there are certain things that can lead you to compromise. One of the things is hardships, they demand a compromise at times. Moses went to Pharaoh and presented that one-sided offer, which said, let them go. Get nothing in return, Pharaoh. Let the people go. And Pharaoh, well, he answered, I will not let them go. And after he had said that, he put harsher punishment and burdened them with a lot of work. And this is the part where a believer's principles will bring you some hardship. When God has said to you, come out of that office or that job. When God has said to you, move out of this place and go to another place. And you go there, you obey his command. But then when you get there, you find hardships. You find that life becomes even more harder than where you were. Some believers can attest to the fact that after they got saved, life became even harder. Because you see, the easy life, the easy solutions that you used to have are no longer available for you. They are no longer an option for you. If you're a girl or a woman that used to get things easily given to you by men and you get saved, hardships will come and remind you there's money available somewhere else. You know, hardships are presenting the opportunity for you to go back to your Egypt. So you won't pay for the job that you have applied for. You won't put that money in that brown envelope. Then everyone in the house will have a problem. All of a sudden, everybody else is getting sick. All of a sudden, the fridge breaks. The TV needs repair. The creditors, they come in full swing. Simply because you have refused to put money in a brown envelope. These are the times that are meant to put pressure on you so that you can give in and bribe your way to an employment letter and a paycheck. Hardships will cause you to compromise. Hardships will push you to compromise. Hardship will give you compromise as a better option. Your boss may demand sexual favors so that he can give you a promotion. You refuse his advances and he gives you more work. He mistreats you, makes everyone to turn against you, and makes your life a living hell. All you wanted was for him to let your promotion go. Some of the things that God gives you, you actually work twice as hard for them, even though he has actually given you. God had already given an instruction to Pharaoh, let my people go. But it was that instruction that caused Pharaoh to make life harder, even more harder for the people of Israel. The people around you may demand a compromise from you. See, the people of Israel turned against Moses after Pharaoh increased his measure of harsh treatment. They even called on God to judge him for that. Imagine you are trying to help people and the very same people that you're trying to help are telling you that, no, 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 it seems like maybe you didn't hear God clearly. Imagine in your family, they begin to tell you that, no, 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 God never said that you, you, you cannot say thank you for a favor. They, they may begin to give you all sorts of reasons why you're actually a fool for not taking that opportunity of giving a bribe. If you were to tell your girls, they will tell you, you're a fool. You think that you're too special. If you're saying, I'm not for sale, I'm not going to sell my body so that I can get a job or a promotion. Your future husband or wife may not understand why you want to wait till you're married. You're almost there. It's just a formality. You see, 
Sometimes the people that want you to compromise are not necessarily your enemies. Are the people close to you? Are the people that maybe actually need you to get whatever it is that is a um a, a, a challenge or to get a solution to the challenge that you have because then they may benefit from it. So people will not understand why are you making a big deal out of this thing. It is nothing. It will be just a few minutes and done. The people around Moses, they were very angry at him. They were even talking about God judging Moses. Imagine the very same God that said to Moses, go and free these people is the same God that these people are saying, God judge Moses. Because since this man came here, we are suffering. Remember Moses had been out of the picture for 40 years. After he killed that Egyptian, he ran and he was in the house of Jethro tending the sheep there. And when he came back, he comes and says to the people, the Lord said, I must come and deliver you out of Egypt. And the first instruction that he gives to Pharaoh, the result of it is harsher punishment for the people. So they were not happy with him. It was, on, no, it was not a nice experience for them to work twice as hard. Gather your own straws so that you can um, make your own bricks, same number of bricks, Pharaoh said. It was not an easy thing for Moses. The people demanded a compromise from him. Sometimes also passage of time can demand a compromise from you. Pharaoh ignored the first demand for the release of the people. The first plague as well, Pharaoh ignored. The second plague, he also ignored. He even ignored the third plague. He didn't offer anything to them. You can imagine Moses goes there, present um, a plague and it happens and Pharaoh says, nah, it's nothing. He goes and comes back and does the second one and Pharaoh says, it's nothing. Actually, the magicians, they come and say, we can do this trick as well. We, can, we know magic. This is just simple magic. We can do these things. Moses had to go back to God and say, God, it actually didn't work. Pharaoh refused. And at that time, people are looking at the clock. They are looking at the number of days passing by. Moses, you said you are back and God said you must deliver us out of Egypt. But now it's been how many days? You went the first time and we're still here. We're working even harder and under harsher conditions. We're beating every single day. The next day passes, the third day passes, whatever number of days. Sometimes time can tell you that you're actually getting late for your blessings so you may as well compromise it may even tell you that maybe your time is now not tomorrow your time is now not next year and all of a sudden you seem to think that the the, the clock has gone haywire everything is now urgent for you to have and you must have it now passage of time can actually present a demand for a compromise don't listen to it the enemy as well will demand a compromise from you. Pharaoh, when he began to note the severity of the plagues, after the fourth one, he said, the people can go and sacrifice to the Lord in the land of Egypt. Imagine Moses said to him, we need to go out and sacrifice to our God. Pharaoh says, no, you don't have to go. You can sit here and you can sacrifice to your God right here. So it's like if you are a young lady and you have that unbelieving man who wants to marry you and may tell you that his family also go to church and you can join them when you get married. So he's like saying to you, you can go and sacrifice in the land. So you don't get out and sacrifice to your God where your God wants you to sacrifice for him. You actually 
are going to sacrifice here in the midst of our gods, the gods of the land. Once you're there, you'll realize that none of them are actually believers. Or even worse, their church is of a different faith. Some have moved from being God-loving, Jesus-serving believers to being members of cults and other religions. You get in there and they tell you how they worship in that family and some even practice witchcraft. It's their religion. You have compromised the principles of God in the name of love. Moses declined the offer and Pharaoh put another one. I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Intercede for me. He was already feeling the pressure, but now he says, don't go far. Just go into the wilderness, but don't go far. You can go up to a certain point, but you may not cross the line. So Pharaoh doesn't have the idea that actually it is time for Israel to live completely out of Egypt. Pharaoh is of the idea that they just want to go and pray to God somewhere and come back. So he says to them, go and, and don't go too far. We actually still need you here. So that man who is an unbeliever who wants to marry you, he may promise to allow you to serve God when you're married and when you stay with him. You enter into an ungodly marriage and soon you are drawn back from serving God. Many girls have endeavored to pray for the salvation of their future husbands. They got married and realized that only the Lord will draw people to himself. So you compromise by allowing people to draw you a little closer to their camp by pretending to letting you be. They will say you'll go to church. But when you are there, all of a sudden, there is time maybe for the family rituals to be done and you can't go to church. All of a sudden, there is so many things that must be done. You can't go to church. All of a sudden, church is such a bad place for you. It has bad influences. All of a sudden, you are a disrespectful wife because you want to go to church when your husband tells you you can't go. All of a sudden, you can only go to church when your husband says go. And if he doesn't feel like it for the next four weeks, you can't go. Why? You compromised right in the beginning and took somebody who is not equally yoked with you. Somebody that does not believe in the same God that you believe in. You compromise by allowing people to draw you a little closer to their own camp. Plague 5 and 6 brought no response from Pharaoh. And the seventh plague brought a false promise that he will let them go. And then he changed his mind. Imagine they probably started pecking, having heard that um, they were going away. And Pharaoh changed his mind. Just like that. You may go and no, you can't go anymore. And the eighth plague so Pharaoh bringing another limitation. He said, you can go and leave your children here. So you, you, you can go, but the certain portion of you, a part of you that cannot go. You may serve God, but not fully. People must not know that you are serving God. You may serve God, but not every day. You may serve God, but this and that. So there is a limitation to how you can serve God. And that is the person that is close to you telling you how you must serve God. This person was saying your future, which is your children, should not know your God. You can go, but these ones must remain. Some will even compromise with their own children. Some will say that I allow my children to choose their own religion and be their own person and fail to teach them when they are young. And that failure is actually an abdication of your own responsibility given by God. He said you shall teach this to your children. You'd rather teach them and they choose their own way 
than to let them to be exposed to everything else without you exposing them to God. And they fall far from him. So you've compromised because you want to be the famous parent, liberal parent, the the parent that moves with the times, the the parent that doesn't force God on your children. Of course, you don't force your children, but you teach them. You talk to them about God. You present God to them. When they are young, you teach them. When they are young, it is a time where they are receiving the teachings. You teach them about God. You do not compromise God on your children. You teach them. When they are older, they may run away from God, but the Bible says they will not forget the way of God. They will come back to that way. They will remember God because you have taught them. It has been grounded in their, in their souls. God has been instilled in them. They will not forget. They may be lost, but they will be found. And then Pharaoh says, go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your heads be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. Now he says, okay, fine, take your children, but your flocks must remain. So he wanted them to go without the flocks, which is their wealth. That's what the enemy is doing today. The wealth of the people is in the world. They get it through ungodly means. Some get it and cannot serve God anymore. You remember those ones who have served God and when they desperately needed prayers for their jobs and their businesses, when they are down and out and needed some prayers and you prayed with them, once they get the job, once the business takes off, then they are way too busy to serve God. All of a sudden, Sunday is a very busy day for them. The enemy has drawn them to himself because of their wealth. Jesus said, it is very difficult for a, a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. A very difficult thing because then the world demands your attention. The, the world demands your compromise. The, the world demands you to make deals that compromises you and your faith. And that is what Pharaoh was saying to the people. And Moses still refused. Imagine all of these plagues and it's still in the negotiation table. Moses is still saying, I am not moving. You may offer me this and that, but the bottom line is this. We are here and we're going to leave us, our children and our flocks. And of course, we need to come out with great wealth. God has said so. So you don't miss on the blessings of God simply because negotiation is too difficult. You do not compromise on the blessing of God simply because the party with which you are negotiating is too difficult for you. You'd better come back over and over again until you get it right. You'd better refuse all the proposals until the right one comes because you know that there is a blessing of God that has your name on it. Moses went nine times to Pharaoh and the tenth time brought the hardest plague. God took what was precious to the enemy of his children. Pharaoh had refused to let go of the sons of God and the firstborn of Egypt had to go. With a strong and mighty hand, God ensured that Pharaoh released God's people. It was not a negotiable thing that they should come out of Egypt. God had already spoken that to Abraham. It was time for it to be fulfilled. Their time there was up. God said to Abraham, after 400 years, I will bring them out of Egypt. All of them with their children, with their flocks and the wealth of that nation. Child of God, believe me. The blessing that God has for you, it has your name on it. The enemy can try, the enemy can delay, the enemy can derail, the enemy can try to kill, the enemy can try to steal it. 
but as long as you remain on that negotiation table with no compromising mandate, that blessing will eventually reach you. The problem is when you start compromising. The problem is when you start listening to the people around you that tell you that it is time when it's not God's time. The problem is when you look at time itself and think that maybe I should have that child because I'm already 38 and you miss out on having your child with a God-fearing man when you're actually 39 years and a half. God had said to Abraham, they will come out with great wealth. And then the people were commanded to ask for silver and gold from the Egyptians before they left because the Egyptians' firstborn children had already died and Pharaoh already accepted defeat and commanded Moses and the people to leave. And before they left, they plundered the Egyptians. Glory to Jesus. They came out with great wealth as God had spoken. When God has a vision, it doesn't matter what the enemy will do. It doesn't mean also that the enemy will not try to change it and shape it. The problem is when, when God has put something in you, you then think simply because God has said this is going to happen, therefore there will not be a problem. There will be a problem. If God has said to you, you'll get married to a God-fearing, God-loving servant of God, they will come and go. Let them be. They will come in sheep's clothing. Let them be. Let them go. Because you see, the word of God that has been spoken to you, it is true and God is faithful. It requires a human being that believes God to hold on to his word. It requires you not to compromise. It requires you to hold on to the vision of God concerning your life. Imagine if Moses had agreed with Pharaoh and left with the children of Israel and their children and left their flocks there. There would have been a nation in the promised land that came with nothing. They would have had nothing to eat in the wilderness for 40 years. That would have been a compromise and that is not in line with the word of God. God said you'll come out with great wealth. Do not leave your flocks there. Do not leave a single portion, not even a dime. Get out with everything. Do not leave anything there. When God says, get out of Egypt, get out in totality. If you were depending on men to feed you, God says, get out of that Egypt. Go find a job. Go start a business. Go save and your own money. He doesn't say that you can get a job and when you are broke, you can call that one. And they'll give you money. No, no, no. He says, get out with everything. Everything that you have, get out of Egypt. If you were used to getting your money with means that are ungodly, God says, get out of that Egypt. Do not compromise. Do not go back. Do not do the things that you were doing before. Do not compromise. God says, take everything out. Your entire being. Somebody will get saved today and go to church and serve God. And still go back to the witch doctors when they're sick. God said, take everything, including your health, out of Egypt. You get saved today. You are used to getting business deals through bribery. God says, take out everything. Take your wealth with you. And he will teach you how to make wealth in, in the wilderness. He will feed you with manna in the wilderness. He will bring quail in the wilderness. Get out with everything. You get saved today, you are unmarried. He says, get out of Egypt. Leave that boyfriend there. If God has a plan for him, God will save him. Don't drag him to the promised land. Do not drag that which God has not commanded you to drag to the place where God has called you to go. One of the biggest mistakes Israel did when they entered the promised land 
was not to drive out all the inhabitants of the land and also not to take the entire land that God had already told them to take. So you are out of Egypt and you are going into your promised land. And when you get there, God says, drive out everybody else. Because God doesn't want you to mingle with the wrong crowd. You are out of Egypt. You go from one place of sin to another place of sin. God doesn't want that. He wants you to take his blessing in totality. Everything that you have must have God's name in it. Israel suffered because they didn't drive out the inhabitants of the land. This became the breeding ground for idolatry because they intermingled and intermarried with these people and they were eventually exposed to other gods and worshipped them. God, when he says get out, he means get out. Leave Egypt in Egypt. When you get to Canaan, remove Canaan and take over. Simple as that. No compromise. They compromised. They let the inhabitants to stay and didn't take the entire land. And when God has given you something, he wants you to take all of it. Compromise will drive you away from the mandate that God has given you. Hebrews 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Remember Sarah compromised. God has said she would have a child. Abraham had one wife, not two. Until Sarah brought a slave girl to Abraham. So God spoke to Abraham who had one wife and said, you will have a son. It was just two people, a couple. But Sarah compromised and brought in a slave girl, had Ishmael, and Ishmael became a thorn in her flesh until she demanded that they must go. The thing that you compromise with will not give you peace, child of God. Hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering. Do not look at the time. Do not listen to the people that want to drive you away from the vision of God and his mission concerning you. Do not let the enemy dictate to you what you must have and what you must not have. The enemy has nothing for you and should not have anything in you. Jesus Christ said, the enemy has nothing in me. There is nothing that the enemy could claim that it is in Jesus. He had tried Jesus and said, if you bow to me, I will give you these nations. I will give you the glory. I will give you the kingdoms. But Jesus Christ did not compromise. He would not receive any kingdom from Satan, no matter how glamorous it was. Because Jesus Christ held on to the confession of his own faith. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He cannot take the kingdom from Satan when the Father has given him the kingdom. No compromise. The Bible also says in Jeremiah 10 verse 23, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. Glory to Jesus. The way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. It is God that gives you the direction. He tells you where to go because he knows the right way for you. He knows the potholes in front of you. He gives you strength to deal with them. He knows the enemies that lie ahead of you and he has given you strength to deal with them also. He knows the time it's going to take you out of Egypt into the promised land. He doesn't want you to look back in Egypt and remember the meat and the onions and every nice thing that was in Egypt. God wants you to sit in that negotiation table and tell the enemy I am taking everything that belongs to me 
because it comes from my father. He wants you to tell the enemy, I am coming out of you, Egypt, and I'm coming out completely. I'm living with my job. I'm living with my business. I'm living with my children. I'm living with my flock. I'm living with my entire being. I take even my health with me. I leave nothing in Egypt. There is nothing in Egypt for me. The promised land is ahead of me. It is God that has promised and he is faithful. Do not compromise. God richly bless you. Thank you for listening to Word Anchor Podcast. Please share with your family and friends. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback also and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the word of God your anchor.